0: Everybody and welcome to Sawbones: Aerial Tour of Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host Justin McElroy,
1: and I'm Sydney McElroy. Are you going to do that voice every week now? Is that have I had new... a streak of it going? You have.
0: Okay, I won't anymore. I'm just excited to be alive. <laughs> Excited to be me, excited to be alive, excited I'm, to next week go to uh, Portland and Seattle. Me too. In the PNW, as uh, everyone there refers to it, the Pacific Northwest. Oh, Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I,
1: I am aware of the Pacific Northwest, but I've never heard PNW. That's- you think they already got their Halloween decorations up? Why? I could, <laughs> Why would? Do you be, think Halloween
0: hits the West Coast first? I just don't. You're starting <laughs> to see them sprout up around here. I don't know if they get deeper into it. It's gonna be a little cooler there, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Ah, so of thinking, course, I'm hey. kind of thinking that maybe, um, you know, maybe they'll have some Halloween decorations. You just out. think it.
1: You think that because you think it's kind of a spooky part of the country. So you know, spooky. Like Twin Peaks is from that area, and mm-hmm. obviously Twilight and uh,
0: Erie, Indiana.
1: That's um, in, no. The, uh,
0: that's Indi- that's w- Indiana. We were talking about Seattle, <laughs> and uh, how did we get there? So, talking about Seattle, and then we were thinking about like we like to do locally themed shows, which we are not going to do this time for reasons that will become evident. Uh, and we're talking about Seattle, and we're talking about Grey's Anatomy. And it's like, is there something there with the, the Grey's Anatomy? Not connection? the
1: right. So Grey's Anatomy, the TV show, right, uh, which takes its name from Grey's Anatomy the book Uh, which the gray is spelled different i feel like you're
0: curious i am so i'm very curious i feel like i'm not to impugn the quality of the show i've never watched it really i feel like every time i see that show still on i'm like wow that show is still on huh
1: i i watched it for a while and then i kind of lost interest because for me the medicine was the more interesting part of all those medical shows and when you spend so much time on like romantic drama. Just not my thing.
0: It has um that show has been on for fourteen seasons. Three hundred and seventeen episodes. Are you kidding me?
1: Um I also find those shows way more interesting when they're in residency and stuff. Mm-hmm. And once they're attendings I don't know. Um less, less intriguing. But what, I may mean, I say that as a boring attending myself. But so where did where go. did this get us? So anyway I started I, I started looking into the history of the book Grey's Anatomy,
0: the book the show is based on.
1: Yes, I mean based on in title only. Let me say, (laughs) not not based based on adapted from. Uh, And and it started to get me thinking about like the history of anatomical drawings, like of medical illustrations, the artwork of drawing bodies, I guess. Okay, because that's a that was an important skill that was developed over time that kind of evolved alongside art uh, in order for us to study and understand the human body.
0: Okay. Right? I mean,
1: right. how else do you communicate what's inside a body unless you have, like, pictures of it?
0: No, we don't. We don't have photos. For sure. Not at well, that time.
1: Well, no, no. Not at the... In ancient history, you're right. I'm before photography. i the
0: point that we had to start with, like, probably cave drawings and stuff of, like, this is a butt. In case you see one of these between the legs and the stomach, here's what you're working with: it's a butt. <laughs> Why does it have a hole? Why does it have a crack? We don't know. We plan to write some good jokes about it here in the next few <laughs> millennia, but we are still in the dark on butts.
1: But well, we know they're called butts.
0: Good. I look at uh, Jerry is uh, has positioned himself on his on a rock. He calls it sitting. Is this the purpose of butts? We do not know. <laughs> So, we've done a whole episode. Sitting may be the devil, might be (laughs) cursed. You might be cursed because Jerry said his legs started to tingle with magic after he sat. He he did past tense. Oh, by the way, he invented past tense, too, and invented the past tense of sitting, which is sat, the gerund.
1: What? What did I say? His legs are are tingling. So, obviously, let's try some bloodletting. Let's (laughs) let some of the blood out. There's too much blood for sitting. That seems like the first treatment. Okay, so we've talked about the history of dissection, and I'm 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 going to go into that just a little. We've done a whole episode about it, so I don't want to belabor the point. But obviously, before we could draw pictures of the inside of the human body, we had to see, see. it. Uh, the word anatomy, by this by the way, dates back to the ancient Greek for cutting up or taking apart. Mm. So anatomy, while it describes, you, you know, it is our anatomy we're talking about the thing that is our body and the stuff inside it cutting it up or taking apart and looking at it is intrinsic to the word itself um hippocrates was not big on dissection it just wasn't really done back at that time um the idea of cutting into the human body was first of all kind of taboo and secondly it was thought to be dangerous Mm. um even even before the concept of what an infection was mm-hmm. the idea of a, a dead body was again and i'm using the word infected they pro- they would not have used that exact word because they didn't know about germs yet right, right? but the, there was something contaminated about the body and to cut into it would contaminate you as well so you you wouldn't have been doing a lot of dissections back in that time but he did make a lot of observations about external parts and accidentally viewed internal parts through mm-hmm. wounds and, and things like that. And, um, but he didn't do drawings, at least, that I could find anywhere okay. um, based on that. And, and the other thing, too, as I started to think about, like, but wh- well, why wasn't anybody drawing anything? Well, also, it would be unlikely that some of that stuff would exist still. I mean, it's not as easy to copy his text. Sure. Yeah. You know, so yeah. and that's that's part of this story as well. Uh, the first dissection was probably done by Herophilus in Alexandria in the third century BCE with the help of his assistant Eras- Erastratus. Erastratus.
0: I'm assuming this is a, a post-mortem. Yes. To use a fancy term. Yes. As yeah. The doctors do. Uh,
1: I guess autopsy, if you will, yeah. but but dissection as well. I mean, I think you're. I think you could use those words at this time interchangeably, but it's really you have different purposes. You know.
0: Right. For. Yes.
1: When uh, would yeah. I when I when the I dissection's
0: educational mm-hmm. about
1: the in body. general. Yeah.
0: Autopsies specific to learning about the the victim. Right. Right. Of the it, perp. As they say. Now again, or I'm in into or, crime of It doesn't have
1: to be a crime. Like we're well, just cause of most death. Most of the ones I've seen on TV are crimes. Well, sure, the ones you've seen on TV, you know, those are also fake, right? What do you got next? Except for one time, but we'll get into that. Whoa! He was celebrated by the scientific community for doing this dissection, and he was given the title the Father of Anatomy because he was the first one to be like, "Hey,
0: I, I, th- I'll vote that's God." <laughs> but okay. <laughs> God, the Holy Father, of uh-huh. God of Abraham.
1: That's your opinion. Okay. That's your opinion. Hey, everybody sees that differently. Uh, from his descriptions, we got a better understanding of things like veins and arteries. He described reproductive organs. He described the pancreas. He wrote a lot about the process of childbirth. Um, however, it was later reported that he performed like 600 vivisections so some of them like partial dissections on prisoners maybe some while they were still alive oh no yeah oh no so i don't think there were as many rules at that time if any about uh humane treatment of people even if they were prisoners or even if they were sentenced to death i think that and and you'll see this kind of this dude's gonna beef it anyway well i you (laughs) see this theme where it's like well they've been sentenced to death so we may (laughs) as well and like that's wild. i wish i'd been there because i had been like
0: uh my dude we're all sentenced to death (laughs) like can we not (laughs) please
1: um at the school there in alexandria you see some of the first anatomical drawings that were created based on these dissections. So he created this um, culture that you could dissect a human body that after, uh, I mean, hopefully after, but maybe sometimes before someone had died, it was acceptable to, you know, open up their body and take a look to try to learn more about the human body with the goal that we could take this information and do something helpful with it someday. Right. But you couldn't easily reproduce any of these drawings. You would have had to, Draw them again if you wanted to. Sure, you know, put them in a book and give them to somebody. Sure. So obviously that was that was a whole other. The problem with all challenge.
0: knowledge exchange of knowledge at this point, right? Like, right. you lose the original, it's that's it.
1: Yeah, because you got to write it again because we don't have a printing press. So yeah.
0: Spoilers. Sheesh.
1: <laughs> I think everybody knows that in the third century BCE we <laughs> didn't have the
0: printing press. But now I just see you're spoiling the, the printing press is going to get invented. I imagine that being a big milestone <laughs> for this. <laughs> Some people may not know. They don't want to ruin it for everybody. Like, some people may not some know.
1: Some people might not know. Some people may not know. That was one pr- of like, those...
0: Like, so there might be some people who are like, how are they going to solve this? That <laughs> this was one of those things
1: that I feel like they taught me in history class, though. And I remember thinking, why do I need to know that this happened? I mean, like, obviously, I'm aware. And now we have computers, so it that's, doesn't matter. But... Yeah,
0: that's weird. Okay.
1: I mean, you know, like, didn't everybody learn that? And you...
0: then the printing press. Yeah, but, like, you should know... Oh, my God, Sydney! I'm not going to.
1: You're turning into a real Justin on this, and I need you to keep moving. Okay. So this put um, an end to dissections for a while because of some of the uh, the issues surrounding possible live dissection of, of human beings. And then there were some... Um, that, that created even more cultural taboos around the processes of, of anatomical dissection. And so it wasn't done for a while after that. Galen, who we trust a lot of his medical writings and drawings and descriptions of the human body and things, was basically using all of his predecessor stuff to create all of that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing these dissections himself. He was basing it on what other people had said and and drawn and described he was looking at wounds of gladiators he he a lot of what he derived about the human body was just from looking at open wounds from gladiators um some of it was crafty
0: though i gotta give it up they got you know
1: a way to get a peek inside uh come here
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's like this that's like the uh the the extreme version of the uh post uh, sports game uh, <laughs> interviews, like, ah, uh, hey champ, come on over if you could just one second. Uh, yeah, if I could just bother you for one second, how do you we feel just, went up there. I just want to, if I could just duck my head inside <laughs> this uh, spear wound.
1: Uh, Is that a lion? Did all, a lion do that? We all really gave it our all, and um, <laughs> uh, so he would also dissect monkeys. And he, there was a lot of assumption made that uh, any. Primate anatomy would do kind of when we're describing human anatomy. I mean, starting from the point we were starting at, it's not completely wrong, right? He well, I mean, he he definitely got stuff wrong, um, and this was a big. I mean, I don't want to say this was a big problem, like I'm hating on Galen, but this the reason this became such a big problem is because he was considered the authority, so. As time goes on and actual dissections start to take place again and you're holding up these images of what we find in actual human bodies versus these images that Galen created based on word of mouth and monkeys – People would actually say, well, I guess it's just that this body is wrong because mm. it couldn't be that Galen was wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, the, the, you would look at the evidence before your eyes and still say, well, the cadaver must be wrong. It's got to be Galen couldn't have been wrong. That's humans for you. <laughs> it wasn't until the Middle Ages that dissections really started up again. And then you see more drawings. um, produced from that there were some figures that were doing public dissections at this time which obviously would help with spreading this information as well um and furthering the study the first one was like mondino de luzzi at the university of bologna did the first like live dissection that people could watch and this again these things are important because then you can study anatomy it makes it okay to some extent or at least you can justify it well that other guy did it um most of the anatomical drawings of this period of the Middle Ages are kind of simple, almost like crude drawings. if if you look at these and we should post some of these to our Facebook page so people mm-hmm. can kind of see what I'm talking about it it they largely exist to just show like a spatial relationship between, really major organs and structures so like here's a crude outline of like a 2d flat outline of a human body and like something that represents a heart and mm-hmm. something that represents a lung and here's some intestine that kind of thing very crude looking drawings for the most part um they're usually pretty humanoid but sometimes the proportions of the human body are very odd it, when they're rendered hmm. i mean and again these are rendered from life so it's not like you you're guessing the wound man. Do you remember the wound man from the episode where we have the, the guy with all the, <laughs> with all the like spears and knives and things sticking out of him? Yeah. Remember that guy? Uh, the that's worst, a,
0: the worst superhero ever.
1: That's kind of a good example of art, like anatomical art from this time. Like here's this guy who's just kind of standing there awkwardly and he's got a bunch of like wounds and implements hanging out of his body. Um This was an anatomical drawing, I guess. Uh, There were some really awkward, I found like some squatting figures that just had like a heart and some blood vessels Mm -hmm. that vaguely represented the tracks of where. But nothing was definite. It wasn't like this blood vessel or that one. It was just like, here's some random lines, some red lines and some blue lines. There you go. Uh, Giacomo Berengario de Carpi was a famous doctor and anatomist from the 1400s who actually dissected and illustrated a text. Um, He had made a name for himself, pretending to treat syphilis with mercury. He wasn't very successful, but he did make a lot of money and became kind of famous. Nice. Um, As as was the fashion. (laughs) And then he spent a lot of time on this text called Anatomia Carpi. And these drawings are still somewhat simple. In, in a lot of cases. But there are some actual organs depicted. There's some actual close up on like here is an actual organ and like I'm trying to draw the structure of it not just some vague blob. Like this is what it might look like. Mm. Um, the human figures are really interesting and you'll see this repeated for quite a while. And and this is probably something people have looked at through art like in, in if you've ever stumbled across these drawings and never really considered. The figures are one, they're very idealized. They look like perfect they're like godly specimens Mm. of humanity Mm. um not and i don't just mean like from a physical ideal whatever you consider the physical quote-unquote ideal to be i mean like they look saintly they might have like beams of light radiating (laughs) from their body um (laughs) there are a lot of like like naked men like muscular men like posing with like beams of light around them and their hands are triumphantly outstretched as they open up their like skin to reveal their perfect, perfect pectorals and their perfect abdominal muscles That's underneath. Rad.
0: Yeah. Well, you might as well have a little fun. It's
1: and they look and they're, they're alive. Like the, the the pictures of live people like revealing their organs. I like slim, good body. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It's slim good body. No, but some of the skeletons um, because there are skeleton drawings too but they're like frozen in like dance like poses that look they look very nice. They're like, hello, I'm a skeleton. Look at this. Look at my bones. There are some there are some people who are just standing there like carelessly like leaning on an axe and pointing with like part of their (laughs) like they're all naked but then like sometimes you're seen underneath as well like the musculature or whatever. There are there are a lot of female figures that are depicted as like draped dramatically over chairs, like, <laughs> like, I, you know, like I almost imagine they're not on fainting couches, but that was like the thing that reminded Basically, me. Like they're
0: they're
1: like they're like draped and they and they. They always like, and this is in all the figures, like somewhere their skin is just kind of splayed open to reveal what's underneath mm. as if that has just naturally happened. Um, some of them are like dancing with scarves and then their abdominal cavity happens to be open.
0: Um, I didn't realize is this little good body, a touchstone that the people of today are familiar with, because that, that might have seemed like a weird thing for me to say. So uh, good body. Was he like, is he? Still I mean,
1: I think relevant? Or is that just our No, childhood? I don't think he's still relevant, but I think there are probably people our age who remember the character Slim Goodbody.
0: Unless he's listening, in which case you are still relevant Mister Goodbody. Wow. good <laughs> And wow, can I say, what an honor it is to... Uh, just look, slimgoodbody.com. He's still doing it. He's still doing the same okay. thing. He's All out right. there you on his know. grind. Okay, sorry. Didn't the, interrupt again for the millionth time.
1: This is the same era as Da Vinci, by the way. Okay. And I think you could see some of this echoed in his his human figures you know the the anatomical drawings that da vinci did which are these beautiful depictions of the human form um also trying to be exact and show what what is what right Mm -hmm. like what's underneath all the bumps that's what that's what artists (laughs) want to know sometimes what's underneath all those bumps so i can draw them better but so that but also um they're very beautiful as well versalius comes along at this point and this was For a long time, this was kind of like the basis of a lot of anatomical knowledge. It was 1543, Andreas Versalius publishes De Humani Corporis Fabrica Libri Septum, which means on the fabric of the human body in seven books. So a lot of stuff about the human body. He did dissections. He employed a lot of different artists to render what he was seeing so that he could actually have somebody who was very talented draw the stuff he did the dissection, and then people watched it and enjoyed it.
0: smarter. Like what are the odds are going to be like a good dissector and a good drawer too? It seems low. Uh,
1: you, you that's actually true. You'll find that you'll find that a lot. Uh, the cover showed, um, Versalius. This is really cool. So one of Versalius's goals was to contradict Galen. Like maybe even to go picture for picture to, to to tell everybody like look Galen was not right about everything and I'm going to show you exactly why so the cover of this tome is Vesalius doing a dissection on a convicted criminal
0: <laughs> who I
1: think is still alive like they've been sentenced to death um, and there are all these people around him watching him and there's like a skeleton hovering over. I guess, to creep everybody out That's or to like awesome. remind everyone so of the specter of it. death. And then there's Galen in one corner watching and Aristotle in the other corner watching him as he does this dissection. Um, so Versilius, I think, maybe thought a lot of himself. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, you have a lot of artistic advances. So like rendering and perspective. Perspective is a big deal if you think about it. The mm-hmm. idea of perspective and art as that becomes a thing that really influenced the way that we could see a human body and understand proportions a lot better, um, and then you also start to see the use of woodcuts to reprint the images. Okay, so that made this book really special because you could and can you imagine the detail that would take to do a a woodcut
0: of of yeah. like the.
1: The vasculature, or something, and then reprint that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you had these very, these very beautiful detailed drawings, and then on the woodcut, and then reprinted. Um, and he challenged a lot of Galen's false beliefs. Uh, there's still, by the way, 700 copies of this book that you can find. I'll grab one. Uh, there is one in Brown University's John Hay Library, which is bound in human skin. Fun. I think we've talked about that before.
0: We did because they have some at the, um, the mutter. Mm-hmm. They have some human skin mm-hmm.
1: books. Yep. So, so there is one of those. Um, the anatomical art that followed of the 17th and 18th century was just. It, it kind of was expanding on this more lifelike details. Um, obviously, perspective and everything. They also would add things like sometimes like a sheet draped over a body or like a fly on the body to make it really like. Bam!
0: Super spooky. Yeah. For <laughs> like, for look, this looks for, really real. Provided for scale.
1: You could, you could also use copper plates to start. They started using some copper plates to, like, reprint the images. Um, you also saw, like, the rise of the anatomical museum at this point with, like, you could walk into a spooky room with a bunch of shelves with organs and jars and things like that. Well, we haven't come um, fr- that far from that. <laughs> uh, the, the ones of the early 1800s have sometimes done away with, like, the backgrounds. Because, like, all these drawings that I'm talking about, you can look at them. They all have, like, rolling hills and trees and stuff behind these figures mm-hmm. um so they, they start to do away with that because like why do you need that right you're just looking at the bottom. you don't need that um, but they were still these idealized uh human figures they weren't really necessarily easy to follow a lot of it was just blocks of text next to a picture um, and they would describe everything next to the picture but like labels weren't necessarily used ah huh, interesting uh so obviously we're, we've made a lot of progress but we're not where we need to be yet right uh how do we get there well, I'm going to tell you that, Justin. But first, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that macabre for the mouth.
0: We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although... There will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle whatever. This is real high-quality chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan um but they got like fancies listen to this we're you gonna get this truffle butter filet mignon i mean seriously from 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 a, a box pre-prepared all i got two minutes i'm eating filet mignon that sounds delicious yeah it sounds delicious and you can give these a try and it's not just these meals we're going to talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or clean up, Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the, the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com sawbones50 to get 50% off. Uh, now, Sid, I think we are about to uh, to finally make a little progress here.
1: That's well, and to be fair, Justin, we we had made progress. We make definitely a little more progress. If, if you here. look at the if you look from like old texts where there are no pictures, to like the re- the realization we need some pictures, and here are some like crude human figures with some vague organs inside, to like some beautiful but disturbing images of live humans dancing around with their organs popping out Mm -hmm. um across the the beautiful greek countryside or wherever (laughs) they were and then and then finally we have like some actual anatomical drawings and figures um this brings us to gray's anatomy not the tv show okay no the the one with the a gray with an a
0: got it Right. So we won't be talking much about the T V show, I would think. <laughs> as if,
1: much as well, we've already talked about it plenty. I a think. good amount. So uh I had always assumed that Gray's anatomy was completely made by whoever Gray was.
0: Got his name right on there. Right? Henry Gray, right?
1: Yes, Henry Gray.
0: I don't know why I knew that. That's weird. I didn't look at the notes. I know it seems like I would have looked at the notes. I didn't.
1: I've talked about it. Oh, I've listened. Oh. Mm. Mm, wow. wow. That's nice.
0: Cool. So, good husband.
1: Henry Grey, Dr. Henry Grey was a young and up-and-coming anatomist at St. George's. He uh he was kind of a well-to-do upper-class guy. He had a lot of um he had a lot of financial support. He had a lot of charisma. He was well-liked. He was um Determined, he was out to make a name for himself, and do whatever it took to be something memorable to leave a legacy. Right, and uh, and he dressed really well, and people liked him. And that's it's important that you kind of get who this guy is. Uh, He had recently become a fellow of the Royal Society, which was a big deal. That was not necessarily something that everybody could be. Um, And he had presented papers and 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 things. Uh, in front of his fellow fellows. Anna, yeah, love that. <laughs> and was very well respected. And he did have a lot of skill as an anatomist. I don't mean to insinuate that he wasn't talented, but he was talented and he knew it.
0: I got How about you. that? I got you. Wink. He got had it. been
1: lauded recently for an excellent treatise on the spleen. There was something called the um, Astley Cooper Prize, which was awarded every year to one of, one of the... Um, I don't even necessarily think you had to be a fellow, which was just one of the doctors, mm-hmm. and it they would give you like a topic, like everybody has to do a treatise on this, and whoever does the best one gets this prize, and it was like three hundred pounds or something, and so he they were they were all challenged to do something on the spleen, and he wrote a, a very good treatise on the spleen and his text was very good but he needed help with the drawings Um, that wasn't necessarily his skill set he could do them but he he wanted somebody who was really good and he had heard of a younger anatomist who was still in training um, who who was making some money on the side doing some drawings doing some illustrations for various other doctors and professors and and he reached out to him and his name was dr henry van dyke carter also henry
0: okay easy to remember
1: yeah so he, he talked to Dr. Carter and he said, you know, I would really like you to do the illustrations for this thing I'm doing on the spleen. And if you look back through, the cool thing is Dr. Carter kept a huge diary through most of his life about all of his daily ins and outs, hmm. everything that happened to him. So you can really, you get to know this guy a lot easier. I've been reading a book about it, um, The Anatomist, and you you really get to a feel for who he was a lot easier. He was very self-conscious. He was very insecure. Um, his family wasn't exactly thrilled with what he was doing with his life. Uh, they didn't necessarily think he was going to be successful. Um, and he... He had a lot of he was tortured by he had a very strong religious upbringing and a very strong faith. And he was constantly doubting whether or not he was uh, kind of fulfilling his duties on Earth, kind of Mm. being Mm. the best Henry he could be. Got it. So this guy who's like riddled with self-esteem issues, who who's desperate to succeed, he totally... Um, idolizes Henry Gray thinks he's just amazing and hmm. he wants to be just like him because he, he buys into everything that Henry Gray appears to be so when he asks him will you do some illustrations for my spleen treatise he's like yes yes for sure I'd love to draw a spleen so he does it
0: they, he... probably is like kind of round looks like a bean if I had to guess <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I bet his drawings were probably better than that.
0: I know. I'm just kind of <laughs> guessing what a spleen pipe looks like. Kind of like that. Round you just like think beans. most
1: organs are kind of round and look like a bean? Basically, yes. <laughs> so they, uh, the kidneys look way more like beans, but
0: anyway. Well, there is a bean named after him, Sid, so I didn't <laughs> assume <laughs> a whole that. bean after him. <laughs> the kidney looks more like a bean. You're trying to drop knowledge on me? They must be so honored that
1: they have a whole bean named after them. A whole them.
0: bean? Wow. <laughs> what a, what, wow. All,
1: all we do is. People are really going to remember is, the name
0: kidney now. All we do
1: is filter all the toxins from your blood and keep you alive. But I'm yeah. glad
0: we got a bean. I'm going to show my parents <laughs> the liver that I really made it. The kidney's well, dad is liver. There's no liver bean. No, the liver is the, is the
1: kidney's <laughs> dad. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's not... <laughs> Liver gave birth to kidneys. It is. Look it up in your book. Anyway, they nabbed the Ashley Cooper Prize that year, uh, and this was a huge deal. This was a big, this was a big, um, like, Prize. boon to his career and Good, reputation. Like one of the
0: top spleen-drawing prizes probably <laughs> on Earth.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so with his money and his potential... Uh, in, in his spleen paper, he decided that he should create an anatomy text that was more accessible to students. He wanted some book that he could he could write based on his ability as, anatomist, as an anatomist and that all students would be able to afford. He wanted it to be affordable and accessible and kind of the new Bible of human anatomy. So he persuaded Dr. Carter to help him out. And this was hard to do because Gray still has not paid Carter for all the illustrations he did for his spleen paper. Oh, no. And so Carter at first is like, I don't know. You you kind of owe me money, and you promised me some stuff, and you didn't really follow through. This is going to be a lot of work. And he's still working on his career. He's still trying to get all of his licensing and become a physician and work on his own. And And he's doing all these drawings because everyone has noticed, like, wow, he's really good at this. we we got to keep paying this guy to do this. But he's, he's trying to pursue his own thing. So it takes him a little while, but he finally persuades him. One, because I think Carter, as we know, really, like, admired Gray. And then the other reason is Gray finally promises, like, look, I'll give you 10 pounds a month if you'll do this probably underpayment by today's standards. Like if you look right. at what he created. Um,
0: and he's not probably not cutting men on royalties, I assume. No. Hmm.
1: No. But he did need money to survive, and so he was willing to take it. So 10 pounds a month he took to start drawing the illustrations for this book. Um, and Gray worked on the text. Uh, Carter's illustrations, of course, if you look at Gray's anatomy, and you can find images from this everywhere, you can buy the book. I own a copy most it's pretty heavy yes it's huge most in medicine probably own a copy now i don't know how practical it is nowadays i don't because it's huge um you bought it wearing med school
0: mm -hmm. like it seemed like you had to have it
1: well you you don't i didn't necessarily need it for med school but it's just a it feels like the thing you're supposed to have Yeah, right i get it uh but he um his illustrations are beautiful they have the shadowing and just the detail and I mean, they're really elegant, beautiful, exact drawings um, that were probably unmatched at that point. Uh, but the other thing that he did was that he labeled the structures like sometimes the the words even like wind around with the structure they're following and curve and this was hugely helpful as a student of anatomy i can tell you to have the names on the pictures as opposed to trying to read a big block of text yeah and then find what structure they're referencing yeah, like this goes inferior to this and goes lateral to this and just put the name on it yeah um Gray's text was also really great though like it was really easy to follow and very descriptive and made a lot of sense and just like it was a very logical progression of thought. So I don't want to undermine gray. He, he did a lot of hard work on this and it, his skill was definitely felt, but Carter's illustrations are equally important. I think to the understanding of anatomy. Now, at one point during this process, gray got asked by like a rich guy to come hang out on his yacht for six months and be his personal doctor. And gray took off for a while while Carter stayed at home working, working hard on his illustrations and then also trying to, you know, pursue his career. Yeah. Um, but eventually they finished it and they published it. There was a lot of uh, quibbling over the cover page, like the title page, because they had the name of the book, which Gray had already decided was Gray's Anatomy. Right. And they had Henry Gray. And then they have – and you can find this page. You can look up this original page if you if you want to see the proof because um, it, it's been uncovered and, and like you can see where Henry Gray went – uh, where uh, Henry Van Dyke Carter's name was listed and drew through it and said that he wanted the text to be smaller and also eliminated one of his titles so he wouldn't sound as impressive
0: oh man
1: yeah so he went he went and like tried to physically minimize the contributions of Carter like you oh. like you can find this where he has struck through and it's very clear like I don't I, this is my book I know he did some pictures but this is my book
0: that's so messed up
1: um. Carter went on to do other things with his life. He, after he finished all of his training and he had achieved all of his, all of his titles and his credentials and licensing and everything, he actually went to India and he worked on leprosy for a long time, wrote some really groundbreaking papers describing leprosy and, and how the what caused it and the process of it and all that kind of stuff. So he did a lot of stuff with his life after that. Um, Gray ended up essentially taking all the credit. I mean, to this day, if you had asked me who did Grey's Anatomy, I would have thought it was like a joke. Like, well, I mean, Grey. Grey. I've never heard of Henry Van Dyke Carter until I started researching this. Um, And then his name kind of rung a bell with the leprosy stuff. But I I certainly didn't know that he was the one who drew all the pictures in Grey's Anatomy. Um, Because Henry Grey kind of took all the credit. Uh, It got bigger over time because it was supposed to be like the... The end all be all of human anatomy was mm-hmm. this book. So at one point, it was over 2,000 pages Whew. at its largest. Because the more we learned, the more we added to it, right? Each edition right. got bigger and bigger and bigger. It has been kind of culled to make it a little more accept, uh, accessible, but I think it's still like 1,500 pages. A little lighter. <laughs> yeah. So it's still pretty dense. Uh, the quality of the art is still amazing. You know, it's still unmatched for its time. Most students nowadays probably use uh, Doctor Frank Netter's Atlas of Human Anatomy. I know that was the thing for me in medical school. Everybody mm-hmm. had their Netter, and the Netter Atlas is it's really easy to use. It's smaller, of course. It's not it's not a giant. Is it um,
0: probably maybe on a tablet now? We well, really I'm sure I'm sure
1: well? you can do that, but I used a book. Okay. I'm sure you can do that, but I, I mean, I went to you know, it's been a while. Back in the old
0: days. I anyway,
1: I used a book. Uh, it was published in 1989. He called it his personal Sistine Chapel. Hmm. It's kind of a cool guy. Dr. Frank Netter. He, what will he my spent, personal
0: Sistine Chapel be said?
1: Something with podcasts, right?
0: Yeah, probably. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe it's this episode. I don't know.
1: He Just a little plug for Dr. Frank Netter. Not only did he make this Atlas of Anatomy, which, like all med students, know the name netter cuz they have probably have a Netter. uh he also like spent some of his time devoted to like fighting fake medicine netter cool dude anyway um that that book was a little a little easier to follow and there's color illustrations which i think help a little bit um I thought I would throw in one final thing as I'm thinking about like the progression of anatomical drawings because now you can find a ton of different atlases which mm-hmm. are very detailed exact drawings in different parts of the human body and some that just focus on the brain or on right. whatever. Um, you can also, if you take, obviously if you go to medical school or if you are a med- someone in the medical profession you'll probably do dissecting mm-hmm. which makes it easier to understand and you can also find prosections which are actually like pre-dissected Slices. parts that you can look at yeah. um, I did some I actually pr- I actually made some prosections wow, when cool. I was in medical school but uh, I thought I would tack on to that the body worlds exhibit oh yeah I guess
0: for sure it's like the th- the 3D version of what we're talking about
1: that's right so uh, Gunther Van Higgins produced the body worlds exhibit which uh, he, he used a process called plastination which he actually invented the process to preserve um, bodies in various forms like segmented in various ways so like dissected to various levels and slices and you can make very thin sections that way and and display them um, I'm
0: just remembering <laughs> when we went to see this exhibit in New York with Riley Riley was with us and she was like probably would have been six or seven at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and we kept we kept trying to reassure her that it was all fake and then we would say something that would hint to her that like well maybe it is in fact real and then we would have to double back like no 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 totally fake and we kept her in suspense for literal years yeah <laughs> about it was years
1: not... that she and, and like and finally she looked at us and went it was real right it was real it was like real. you were lying to yeah, me so was, i wouldn't be the, freaked out this but this it was, was a few real weeks
0: ago she said
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Do you know though that before he made his his body worlds exhibit, um, which has some notoriety because there's been some questions about how some of the bodies were obtained, he swears that he got permission for all of them and that he knows where they all came from and that they were all donated. Right. Uh, But there are other there are other similar exhibits that have been called into question. So uh, anyway, there's obviously some some uh, controversy there. But before he did that. He performed the first public autopsy in 170 years Sheesh. in London in 2002 to an audience of 500 people, and it was then later that year shown on Channel Four. Whoa, creepy! No idea. There was an there was a dissection, an autopsy was shown on are, TV. Imagine you, you missed it. Is that where we're at? No, I'm not mad I missed it. I mean, I've done it, so I don't need to watch it on TV. I'm just, don't, I can't. Don't get braggy. I can't believe that it was on TV. Can you imagine that?
0: In England, though. They put whatever on England. <laughs>
1: they put whatever. Which one is Channel 4? That's That must be like the serious See, one, right? It's not BBC One. It's not <laughs> BBC Two. It's not BBC Three. Um...
0: The, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to see some more great illustrations of bodies, you should pre-order the Sawbones book. Bit.ly right. forward slash the Sawbones book. Uh, Taylor Smurl, city sister and a gifted illustrator, has drawn plenty of bodies for you to feast your eyes on in there. Uh, and and uh, uh, that sounded weird. I don't. That's I don't mean to, for it to sound as weird as it did. But uh, bit.ly forward slash the Sawbones book, we're just a few weeks away, and those pre-orders uh, really do like help because they all get folded into the first week sales. And the first week sales of a book are really, really important. So if you want to support us, please uh, share that link around and pick up a copy to call your local bookstore, uh, pre-order on Amazon, whatever. Just uh, please thank you. If you're a fan of our show, I think you're really going to love this book. We're, we're really mm-hmm. proud of it. Um, Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program Uh, And thanks to MaxFun Network for having us as a part of their extended podcasting Family and thank you to you Most of all for listening and continuing to Support us but until next Week my name is Justin McElroy
1: I'm Sydney McElroy And
0: as always don't drill a hole in your head MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.
1: Hi, I'm biz And I'm Teresa. And we host When Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. And then that's how my day starts. Yeah. Come on. I'm I, so yeah. sick of it. <laughs> when is that going to be over? Like, I want it to stop. <laughs> Teresa, you're hurting my ears. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah, no. that's just hate it. Yeah, I don't F- blame you. It sucks. It really sucks. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org